Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. God, thank you so much for what you did. For Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins so we didn't have to, God. Thank you for being the Father in heaven that we need. The Father that we didn't ask for, the Father we don't deserve, but the Father we need, God. Thank you for being there. Everywhere we turn, you're with us, God. We praise you, Lord. We praise you for the living water that you give us so we don't thirst anymore, God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for dying on that cross again, God. Thank you so much. Without you, we'd we'd be nothing. Without you, we'd be nothing. God, it is it is amazing to stand in your presence, Lord. God, we, we pray today that your anointment falls over this this congregation, falls over falls over this message. Lord, I pray that you use me. Speak through me. Speak through this broken vessel that, that, that has no no need or no right to be able to speak in your name, God. But use me, use me as an example that you can that you can do anything, God. I praise you, Lord. I open myself up to be used by you today, Lord. God, we praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? I'm back. Long time no see, right? So, okay. Let's get the elephant out of the room. Ryan's not here today. So you might not hear a good joke. Should I, should I say good? Oh, bad. That's the word I was looking for. My bad, my bad. My bad. But I, I will say one thing, though, today. I will do something from the stage that Ryan probably will never do unless he's forced to or Amy makes him, right? Preach with a tucked-in shirt. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got today, though. <laughs> I had to poke a little fun at him. He let, he let me have a microphone on stage, Andy. Can you believe that? That's the scary thing. He get he trusts us with microphones, and then uh and, and then he leaves. <laughs> so guys, we're we're in a series called "What Does That Really Mean?" What does this really mean? Um, so we've talked about a, a a variety of different things, different sayings, and different phrases and and items in the church that we talk that are common language if you're in the in the church all the time, right? But we don't ever explain it. Like, how, how, how do you expect somebody to know it if you don't ever talk about it, explain it a little more? I mean, like, we, we talk about, like, today, today's message is going to be, is, uh, is titled, if, if you're taking notes, What Does It Really Mean to Pray Like Jesus? We hear that all the time. Pray like Jesus did. Pray like Jesus did. Okay, I'm not Jesus. I don't know how he prayed. So let's read the Bible and figure out how he prayed, right? Um, so, with that being said, if you need, have, there's a lot of scripture today, so there'll be a lot, a lot of more reading today. If you, if you're following with it, there, it all, I'll call it all out for you. It'll also be on the screen if, if you want, if you want to follow along. Today, I'll primarily be reading out of the, the New International Version, the NIV. Um, I just, I, I felt the wording for it was better for this, for the, the, the phrases that, uh, the, the message, the verses that I was, was using today. Any any version w- would be adequate. I just I just like the wording of NIV for this for this one in particular today. So I also expect this message to be hopefully a little bit shorter of a message today. I want it to be a little bit of a shorter message because I want to actually spend time in prayer 
and pray, and, and pray like Jesus does. Pray for the church. Pray for each other. We have people that have needs in this, in this room. We have people that we know that have needs that aren't in this room. We have people that won't ever, won't ever darken the, the, the church house doors that need prayer, too. We have a community. We have a nation. We have a world around us that needs prayer. We have a world that's falling apart around us because there is no prayer outside of the, outside of the church doors for the most part. And I'm not trying to like bash it or anything like that, but let's put it, we've all heard the statistic um, by now on how much the average Christian and the average pastor prays. But do, do we understand the, the gravity of that? So I want to hit this real quick on that part. So the average, the average Christian prays less than a minute a day. Let's put that into perspective of things real quick. There are 1,440 minutes in a day. Less than one minute. That is 0.07% of the day. That is a very, very little. That is essentially zero. You might as well not at that point. Because you essentially pray 0% of the day, just enough to say you did. That's, that's the, and I'm not saying, I know we have people in here that pray and are prayer warriors. I'm just saying that's, just, that's an average statistic. So let's look at that. We also, we, we've heard the average pastor prayer statistic before. The average pastor prays less than five minutes a day. That's 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 a lot. That's that sounds like a lot more than than a min, less than a minute a day, but it's not. Let's put it into perspective of things. Out of one thousand four hundred forty minutes, that is point zero. Well, sorry, let me rephrase it. Let me go back. Zero point three five percent of the day. Less than a percent. The average pastor and the average Christian both pray less than a percent of the day. Granted, I know we have to sleep. There are times we have to eat. There are things that that we do. But we all know prayer also takes sacrifice. We have to give up. So if I have to give up a little more sleep to pray and spend time with God, that's fine. So be it. It is, is what it is. How, raise, by a show of hands, how many of you in this room pray? I hope so. I hope every one of you prays. Awesome. You passed the test, guys. But I, I don't want you to think. This is, I don't want you to raise your hand for, the, for this next question. But I want you to just think about it and kind of just let it, let it kind of marinate and, and see, and see where, what, it, what comes out of it to yourself. How many of us pray like Jesus prayed? How many of us pray like Jesus? How many of us walk and spend constant time in prayer and constant time with, with the Lord? Not saying you have to give up your job to pray. Not saying you have to give up dinner. You have to give up everything that you enjoy to pray. Don't, don't take it that way. But if we prayed like Jesus, I guarantee you that we wouldn't have the issues in, in the world and in the church that we have today. I'm just going to say it that way. We guarantee you, we wouldn't have these issues. We'd have a world that looked a whole lot more like the Son of God. We'd have a world that was a whole lot more loving to one another. A world that cared about one another, not what they could get out of you, right? So I can tell you all about this in my, in my words, but let's just read about it instead. Because I think, I think the Bible tells it a little more clear, clearly. Because I can tell you, for one, for one thing in certainty, Jesus prayed a little more than five minutes a day. He definitely prayed more than less than a minute a day. I'm sure his, his percentage is a whole lot higher than less than 1%. I just, I just wanted to put that, that like, go back on that one. I want to put that into, into context. Because we, we hear that statistic one minute, five minutes. We don't think about that, there, that there's 1,440 minutes in a day. Granted, I know there's a large percent of time we're asleep. I'm not saying that we need sleep. 
if you don't touch sleep, eat sleep, you'll be praying and probably fall out and be snoring in here. Wouldn't be a good thing. But the Son of God is, the, is also the living embodiment of the Word on earth and also the Son of God. He is, he is a member of the Holy Trinity. So he definitely prayed constantly, right? So my first point that we're going to hit real quick is what does it really mean to get alone with God? The answer is really short for this one. Get alone with God. So it's literally in the question. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny and like sarcastic with that one, but it's, it's, we'll dig into it. You may be asking, why would I even make this a point? That is because of that statistic I read earlier. We clearly, as, as a church, as the big C church, not this church, not any church in particular, we clearly fall short of that. We clearly, clearly fall short of getting along with God. Uh, even pastors clearly fall short of getting along with God. We let life get in the way. We let things clutter our, clutter our path. But I want to go through six examples of when Jesus got along with God and prayed. Right? So we're going to start with, with the first one. It is um, to prepare for a major task. So I'm going to be reading out of Luke 4. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2, then we'll skip to 14 and 15. Verse 1, Jesus, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, left, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, at the, and at the end of them he was hungry. Verse 14, like I said, I'm going to skip that section in the middle. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about spread and through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone was praising him. So th this comes after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and he spent 40, when he spent the 40 days in the wilderness fasting and praying. That's no food, no water kind of fast for that one. I, that, 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 was, that was next level fasting. We talk about fasting, I, I gave up sugar. He gave up everything to spend time with God. And there's nothing wrong with what we give up. Fasting is what, between you and God. You choose that. It's, it's what's, what's right. But after, after this, he was tempted by Satan, and then, then he began his ministry. This is where his ministry really kicked off. This is the major task right here. He started and launched his ministry full bore after that. There was no, there was no more, no more of, the, of the small stuff. We're, we're in it. We're, we're knee-deep in it at this point. He's going. He's, he's, already, getting, he's already becoming a hated, a hated person by the Pharisees at this point. In life, this is full blown his launch. So the next point we're going to hit on that one is is before making an important decision. And this is be, I'm going to read a section out of Luke six, verses twelve and thirteen. Like I said, it's going to be a lot of scripture flipping back and forth. Um, so if if you need me to hold up, just throw a hand up. I'll slow I'll slow down if we need to. Um, verse twelve. One of those one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated as his apostles. This, this, was, a, this was an important decision to make. He chose the 12 men that, he, that his ministry, that were going to take part really closely in his ministry. This, is, this was a major decision. You could, he didn't just pick anybody. He, he strategically picked the ones that he and, and I guarantee up on that mountainside, he spent time with God and, ha, and had the names 
It was clear exactly what it was. He even knew that Judas was probably would betray him in the end. I want to go ahead and say that. I'm pretty sure he probably already knew that, Jesus, that Judas was going to betray him, him in the end, but it was part of the designed plan that God had laid forth for him. This is part of the, part of the step. A, so this is a major decision. If you knew that going into this, why would you pick the guy? Because it was God's plan. So he spent time with God. I'm sure there was some wrestling that whole night. It was a long, sleepless night. I want to guess that he sat on a mountainside in the wilderness wrestling with God and wrestling with his thoughts, wrestling with his own emotions because he was fully human. He was the son of God that was born on earth. He was fully human fully ma- and fully God at the same time, right? He's a member of the Holy Trinity. So he still had to deal with the things. He had to deal with getting cold. He had to deal with the, the bugs, the animals, and everything else while he was praying, but he still spent the time with God to pray. The third, the third thing I'm going to talk about that, that, that where Jesus got along was to recharge after hard work. I'm not going to read the full scripture here. It's, it's, I, would read the, I would suggest reading, back, reading the entire chapter of Mark 6. But in verses 30 and 32, Jesus sent it, and I'm going to, I'm going to summarize this because this, be, this part won't be on the screen. Jesus sent his 12 apostles out to do ministry. This is where he, he, he sent them out. When they, returned, when they returned, he encouraged them to separate from the people from the people who were following and for them to rest. Rest and pray. Separate yourself. Get along with God. Learn. Soak it in. Just kind of flow with us. Kind of, that's what he, what he was really wanting them to do. And, in Mark, and then if you continue in, in Mark's, in Mark 6, it's where he feeds the 5,000, right? That's, that's the feeding of the 5,000. I mean, it's not counting the women and children. I mean, you're talking about probably 20,000 people or so. I can't remember the exact the number that's been speculated, but it fluctuates quite wildly when you, when you st- really put that context. That's the feeding of 5,000 men plus the women and children. But we're going to read Mark 6, 45 and 46. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go ahead of him to, Be- to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd after leaving, he went up on the mountainside to pray. He prayed. He had a long day of ministry. He was already trying to get away from them. So if you're not, if you're not um, familiar with that chapter, I would suggest going and read it. He was already, he was already trying to get away at the beginning of it to, pray with, to pray with God. And, they, and they, they, they followed him there. He couldn't get away from the people. He followed him there. So he, he, he ministered to him even when he didn't feel like it. Even when he was tired, when the disciples were tired, they, they, they found the time to work with the people and, and, and be with the people and give, and give back to them. Give back what God had given to them and the people and bless them. That's quite, a, that's quite an amazing thing for the thing. And then when it was over, Jesus dismissed them, even dismissed his disciples. He needed time. He needed time to spend time with the Father, to get along with the Father, to feel the Father, to be... To, to just recharge his batteries. Because just like, like I said earlier, he was fully man too. He got tired. He was wore out. I mean, it, who's, ever, who's ever been um, my missionaries in the room? I, I, I'm sure you guys, you guys can, can relate when you're in the mission field and you, you just continue pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. There are times you probably hit, you probably hit your roadblock. You get tired. You're wore out. You, can't, you don't feel like you have any, any more to give, right? So... I mean, and even the ones that aren't missionaries, I'm sure you've done this. If you're a parent, I know you've done this. But you, but you, you, you keep going. But it's important to recharge your batteries too. It's, and, that, and getting alone with God is the is the only way we can full, recharge those spiritual batteries that we all have that we need that we need to 
to work on. They don't run out, but they get tired. We don't want to burn, we don't want to burn out. The next, the next item I want, to, I want to mention is to work through grief is when Jesus got alone. Jesus, too, grieved. Matthew 14, 1 through 13, I'm, going to, I'm not going to read that section yet. Um, he, this is the section where Jesus learns about his cousin John the Baptist uh, being beheaded, right? Jesus was very close to John the Baptist. It was, if you don't remember, Jesus was even baptized by John the Baptist to, as a precursor to launching into his ministry. And he, he, was, he was beheaded. So Jesus, Jesus, in verse 13 of Matthew 14, went to a, went to a place of solidarity to grieve. Uh, just a place where he could isolate himself from the rest of the world to grieve. He had to do that, and it's important for us to do that. And, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with get, we're getting to that place, locking yourself in a room, getting away from everything and all the distractions of the world, and not knowing what to say to God. It's, it's okay. Just it, get, get, get alone with him and spin out. You can be quiet. Just listen. Listen and be there. But you know, even if you're just screaming, God, why? Communicate with him. It's, it's, a, it's a key. It's a key. I mean, the only way we can truly grieve and truly, and truly we, have to, we have to get along with God. And the Son of, and the Son of Man had to, do, had to do that as well because he, he was, like I said, fully human. I mean, there was a lot of emotions in that. He lost, he lost his, 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 one of his guys. I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't the, the one of the apostles, but he lost his cousin he was very close to. The, the next item is in a time of distress, he got alone. This section we're going to read out of Luke 22, verses 39 to 44, so I'll give you a chance to turn over there. Um, verse 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And then he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing... Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. If you don't know that, that, what that is talking about fully, which I'm sure a lot of, most of you do, this is right before he gets arrested and has to go through all of the all of the torture, all of the abuse, all of the public all of the public ridicule, and then die on the cross. This is he he knew this. This is this is before he, he knew it was time. It was time. But just just like us, when we when we know it's gonna be hard, it was hard for him to do. But instead of running from it, he prayed for it. He got along with God and and, and settled in. But at the end of the most, the most key thing, how many of us make, make this statement like, uh, that he made at the end? Yet not my will, but yours be done. A lot of times I, I know from experience it's, yet not my will, but yeah, my will needs to be done. I'm scared of this. I don't want to do this. This is terrifying. I don't, I don't want it. It's scary when you're taking that step and you, know it, and you know it's the will of God, but it's also comfort in it when you actually make that step. Because when you make that step, you know it's exactly what, what was designed and what was intended for you. There's a, there's a lot of peace when you make that. It's, it's scary to take that step, but it's, it's so worth it when you do it. And, you, and the thing is, even here, Jesus knew, knew it was the plan. He knew there was no getting out of it. 
He was, he, he was in anguish because he didn't want to die. He didn't, wanna, he didn't want to. The human side of him wanted to live. But he also knew, the, knew God's plan, and he got alone with God and made peace with it. In the time of distress, he made peace with it. Hours before he was arrested, when he went, when he went up, when the short distance, even during his agony and impending death, he found time to get alone. How many times are we in deep distress, deep agony, agony with something, either injury, something that horrible happened, lost a job? You know, you, you can name a million different things. Do we get alone? Do we spend, take the time to get alone with God in that? I know, I know I'm as guilty as anyone that I don't always do that. It's not human nature to go, I'm in great distress. Let me go find a quiet place to sit down and talk, and talk to God. Human nature wants you to, wants you to find something to, to mask the pain, mask the anguish, and cover it up. But how many, how many of us know that if you cover it up, it comes back out? There's no covering other than the blood of God and the covering of the Spirit that, that, that really, truly takes care of that anguish, right? So... It is important and imperative that we, we learn the voice of God and get along with God. The next item is to focus on prayer. Luke 5.16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Each of the examples before he withdrew somewhere and prayed alone. This was just after he healed a man of leprosy in this, in this chapter, and a crowd formed to hear of Jesus and for healing. And, many, and this is one of many times in his ministry that, that he had to spend time alone, and crowds showed upon him. It had to have been annoying at points. He's just trying to spend time with God alone, and next thing you know, there's 20,000 people behind you. This also speaks of the power of God, too. That he, that he kept, a, kept a cool head and was able to, to do both. He ministered to the people and still got alone. He was as busy, if not busier, than any one of us in this room. He was as busy or busier than any one of us watching online, any one of us that we work that, at work, any one of us in any situation we can think about. He was busy, if not busier. I mean, how would you like it if every town you went to, next thing you know, there's 20,000 people there? First off, that'd be amazing if you're if you're ministering if you're ministering to people, you're having an impact. Shows you have an impact, but that's also taxing. And it's hard to find time to be alone when you when you're like that. But getting alone with God is just is only one way we become attuned to the voice of God. There are a lot of times that we don't spend enough time alone with God. So when God is God is prompting us, urging us, speaking to us. We don't hear it. We don't know, it, know to hear it because we don't know the voice of God. The only way to know the voice of God is to spend time with God and learn his voice. Because the way, the way he speaks to Nathan Tosh right here is different than how he speaks to Andy Basham. It's different how he speaks to any one of you. It may be the same. It may not. I don't know how he speaks to you. I know how he speaks to me. I know, I know what it feels like when he speaks to me. But the only way I, I, I was able to do that is you had to get along. I had to get along with God, just like you guys had to get along with God to learn how He speaks to you guys. And you know what? I don't, I don't mean that that, and I'm not saying that He doesn't speak. That you aren't. That he's not speaking to you if you don't hear or you don't know. But it's 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 a challenge that, that that's presented that when you don't feel like He's speaking to us. Like a lot of times you don't feel like He's speaking to us. And even Ryan's talked about it with me before that um, at different points in his in his ministry that. 
that the the voice of God has changed in how He spoke to him as, as He's developed in in his, in his role and He's developed as a minister. That the voice of God has has changed to him how he how he hears it. And there's times almost like it almost keeps you on your toes a little bit because He wants to make sure you're still paying attention because He wants you to be a part of Him. It's it, it's it, He wants you to spend that time with Him. So I mean, it, we get, we might get comfortable in one fashion, and then all of a sudden He might mix it up. Just saying, he, he, had, he, he can do that. So I'm going to move on to the second point real, right quick. So that was all getting along with Jesus. The next thing I want to really talk about is what does it really mean to intercede like Jesus? I want to define the word intercede real quick. It is to intervene on behalf of another. How many of us intervene on behalf of one another? I know we have a lot of ancestor prayer warriors in this room. But there are people in your lives, there are people in my life that don't know God but need God. There are people that, that we know and work with every day. There are people that, that surround us. There are people in this room that are dealing with things and don't know how to deal with it. And they don't even necessarily need you to speak to them. Pray for them. Intercede on behalf of them. The Son of Man intercedes on behalf of us. If we model our prayer behind, if we model our prayer after Him, we inter, we should intercede on behalf of each other. Intercede on behalf of the church. Intercede on behalf of our leaders. We could curse our leaders, but I'd rather pray for them. You don't have to like them. Pray for them. I'm gonna read out Romans eight thirty four real quick. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. I can't think of anybody better to do that. I need it. We all need it. There are many days that, that I, even myself, I, I, I don't know what to say. If, you, if you've never met me, I'm not typically the guy that wants to have a microphone in my hand and speak in front of a group. I used to be terrified of it. Uh, you'd hand it to me, you'd watch me shake, you'd watch me turn as red as a tomato, probably sweat dropping on the ground. You'd probably have a pool of sweat on the ground right here. It'd be horrible. I'd speak 90 miles an hour. We'd never, we, you'd never hear a word I, I'd say. And I'd get off the stage, you'd see me around the corner because I was kind of embarrassed of what happened. It took a lot of prayer. And a lot of spend time like that was also, I almost guaranteed Jesus knew where I needed to be, and he's interesting. Look, God, touch him. You know, you can you can calm this. It'll be okay. He likes to talk, but he doesn't like to talk with a microphone. He doesn't like talking in front of people. Yeah, you see how that worked. But God, but the thing is, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, ending the old covenant, starting the new covenant, he he gave us a direct line to the Father. He covers our sin and covers our our our, our inadequateness with himself and with his blood, washes us white, that we can stand in the presence of the Father and communicate with the Father like we never could before that. In the Old Covenant, you couldn't. You had to, you had to go bring a sacrifice to the, to the temple, to the priest, and the priest had to do the communication. You couldn't talk to the Father. That sounds horrible to me. I know it's the Old Covenant, and they, and they were doing what was but That sounds terrible. I love being able to speak to the Father. I love being able to speak to the Father through the Son. I love having, being able to have, have that have that relationship that we couldn't have before. It's personal. It's very personal. Much as Jesus intercedes on, the beha- on behalf of us, 
we need to intercede on behalf of the big C church, not just C1, but the church at large. And the church must do this on behalf of one another and the people around us in this world. Because, in fact, it, in fact, we're actually told to do so. So we're going to read, read another, one, another scripture out of James 5, 14 through 16. I'm sure you're probably tired of flipping pages by now if you follow along in the Bible. Hopefully you brought your finger protectors. That way you can flip it a little easier and not get a paper cut. Um, but James, 14, or James 5, 14 and 16. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15, and the prayer offered in faith will, will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Your prayers are powerful and effective, guys. It tells, it tells us that right there. It's not just words coming out of your mouth. It is, a pow, it is powerful for you. It is powerful. The words that you say in, the, in, pray, in prayer over one another are powerful. Where They're not just words by, by a mere human that, that has no effect because we have a father that listens to us. We have a, we have a son that listens to us. And, and to be honest with you, we're, and we're actually wrapping toward a close because I, because I want to take time and spend time in prayer this, this, this morning. Because I think, I think that's what Jesus commands us to do. It's actually, it's not that I think. I know it's what he, they command us to do. And there are people in our church that are grieving. There are people in our church that have needs. They have medical needs. They have physical needs. They have spiritual needs and, and mental needs. There are people that we know that, that, that aren't in this building that, that need prayer and need things taken care of. And they need things and roadblocks cleared out of their way that we can stand in for and pray for. And this is a great day to do it. It's a great day to start. Some of you guys are already doing it every day. But this is a great day if you're not to start to start doing that. That's just what we talked about. So I would like this. So I only think, it, think it's appropriate to, for us to practice what we talked about. So I would like to invite you to, to pray wherever you feel best suited. So Andy, if you guys want to come back up. And I also want our worship team to know this. If you have, if you have something you need to pray for you, or, or, or a, a need to pray, we, you don't have to sing. That's not a requirement. That's not a requirement for prayer for us to have music in the background. You can pray, walk off the stage and pray. That's okay, guys. I don't care. It's not about music. It's not about it. It's about you spending time with God, not, not Nathan talking with a microphone, not Andy singing. It's about you guys and your, and your time. So if anybody feels the need, if you, even if you're in the sound booth or wherever, it's fine. We'll make it work. It's, it's about spending time with the Lord today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, read one more verse. It's my last verse of the day. Matthew 18, verse 20. Many of you know this verse by heart probably. For where, two or three are get, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Take that to your heart right now, guys. I, we, we've got prayers that need to be answered. We've got, got bodies that need to be healed. We've got people that don't know you, that don't even know they're being prayed for this morning, that will be touched by you today. No, pr- no prayer is too big or too small. If, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're in your mind and you're thinking... And you're thinking, I don't have time to pray. I, I don't have time to do this. That's a lie of the enemy. You have time. My words aren't being heard. It's a lie of the enemy. You, your words are heard. But, Nathan, I can't do this. That's a lie of the enemy. You can. God tells you you can right here. 
That's a lie. Do not, do not talk yourself out of it. It's a lie. The Lord wants to speak with you. He wants to hear you. He wants to feel you. He wants to be inside of you. Give him that opportunity today. God, I invite you now as, as, Andy, as Andy leads to, if you, if you need to make an altar out of your chair, if you need to come to the front and pray, pray. Guys, pray with one another. Um, I'll be up here to pray with you as well, but pray with one another. And then when we're, when we're done, we'll, 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 close, we'll close out with, some, with a special prayer at the end. But also, uh, there's a list of prayer needs on the screen. If you don't have anything to pray for, or you don't think you do, this is what the church has been praying for corporately. A move of the Holy Spirit in our church, city, and nation. I want to add in the world on the, next, on the end of that. We need to move the Holy Spirit. The world would be a different place if we had to move with the Holy Spirit. If more people come to know him, the world would be a different place. Holistic growth in our church. We don't want to grow just to have numbers. We want people to, we want to grow to reach more people. The way we're, as we keep growing, the goal isn't just to put more butts in seats to collect offering. It's not about that. The goal is to introduce people who don't know Christ to Christ and, lead, and help, help them in their walk in Christ. We can't, we can't handle that walk. We can't do it for you. We want, we, want to, we want to introduce people to Christ and give people that opportunity. So if you know somebody today that doesn't, that doesn't know Christ, if you don't know Christ, we'll be up here to pray with you. There, there will be people to pray with you. We have plenty of prayer warriors in this church that will, that will pray with you, including myself, that will pray with you. The, thir- the third item we have on here, the movie, the movie outreach tomorrow, um, Friday. We're trying to reach people in our community to help, to help people in our community. We want people to know God. We want people to know the love of God. We want this to be done and representative of God's love and Jesus' love of them. This isn't about seeing one church. It's not about a movie. It's about meeting with people where they are and bringing it, it to them. Now, I'm going to get out of the way because it's time to pray.
he's here in this room. Call out to him if, if, you, if you need him, guys. Call out to him. It's okay. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what people hear. Call out to him. He's here. He's, asked, he's waiting on you. He's waiting for that next step. Call out to him. Call out to him.
Lord, you are an amazing, amazing Father, Lord. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being in the house today. Thank you for, for using me, God. I, I, I want to say thank you for that, Lord. God, thank you for meeting us where we're at, where we're sitting in our chairs, where we're, whether we're at, we've, we've come to the front. God, thank you for meeting us where, where we're at, Lord. And I pray that we, we continue to, be, to find the time to meet with you, Lord. Present the opportunities in our lives to get along with you, God. Present the people in our lives that we need to pray for, Lord. Give us the courage and the willingness to do so, God. We pray for that strength, God. That you, you touch us, Lord, in a way that we've never been touched before, that way we can touch people the way they've never been touched before. We pray that in Jesus' name today. God, you are here. We pray this, Lord. If you don't know what to pray and you don't, and the words escape you, just say, God, I'm here. Use me. Use me. God, I'm here. I am willing to be used. It's okay if you have no, if you if you're scared, if you're if you're fearful. God help me. That prayer works too just as good. That prayer works too just as good. God, I don't know what to do. God help me. God, I love you. That is as powerful of a prayer as any linguistic adventure you can be put on, guys. You can you can you can pray this beautiful elegant prayer, but speaking from your heart, God help me. God, I love you. God, I don't know my next move, but you do. God, show it to me. Show it to me, God. That is as powerful as anything you can say. That is as powerful as anything you can do. God, help my family. My family needs you. My family's hurting. God, help them. God, it's, it's, not, it's not hard. It's not hard. We, don't, we, we trick ourselves, our mind. The enemy blows these robots to us that we have to say these beautiful prayers have these beautiful words. We don't have to. We don't even have to speak English to it. We don't even have to say real words. God knows what's in our heart. Use what he's telling you. If you can't do anything, make a grunt. Make a grunt. God knows it. He can do it. You Let him use you. Let him, let him speak to you. Spend the time. If you can't say anything at all, your voices went out. Stay quiet. It's okay. Just... In your mind, be quiet with God. Spend that time with God. He wants you. He is the Father. He is the Father that never fails us. Some of us have different family experiences growing up. With maybe we didn't have all of our all of our parents. Maybe we didn't. But this, I will guarantee you, if you if you had a father issue growing up or a mother issue growing up, that this that this father will never leave you. He will never fail you. He is the Father that, that we didn't deserve, but he, he provided for us. He loves us more than you could ever imagine. All He wants, the most important thing that He wants at the end of the day is you. He doesn't want, he doesn't want the stuff. He just wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with your friends. He wants a relationship with your family. He wants to know each and every one of us. It, but it's our responsibility to accept him. It's our responsibility to open our hearts to him. It's our responsibility to listen to, to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, to listen to that conscience that we have and learn. It's our responsibility. Guys, I love you guys. God loves you guys. God, thank you so much again for what, what, you, what you're doing for our church, God. We pray for that, that outpouring of, of the Spirit, God. We pray for your Holy Spirit to, to flood our sanctuary, God. Flood our sanctuary. It is open to you right now. It is open to you anytime. Interrupt anybody. 
interrupt our lives. We're okay with it. We're, we are open to you. We want that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not just in C1. We want that outpouring in every church across our community. We want that outpouring in downtown, in our, in, within our community, not even in a church house. We, God doesn't need a church house. He doesn't need walls. He, he needs people. That's the church. We pray for the outpouring in our nation to continue, God. We pray for it to go. On. We pray for that outpouring to go throughout the world where each and every one of us know people, God. We have people that are going elsewhere, going other places, that are from other places, guys. They, they, God, we pray for that outpouring there. We pray for the outpouring in every nation around the world, Lord. But we also pray for holistic growth. We pray for us to have, us as C1, to be able to have the opportunity to reach more people in your name. Not about growing C1, but about growing the church, about growing the numbers in heaven when, when we arrive. We want to see everyone there. It's, it's, it's not okay for one person to be left behind. It's not okay for one person not to make it. We want to see it all. We know, they won't, we know not everybody's going. We know not everybody's going to accept you. We know people will reject you, God. But it's, we want to see them all come to know you because they can. If their hearts are softened, you can soften them. Their hearts are hardened. You can soften their hard heart. God, soften the hearts. We want to see these people. We want to see the people who we never could imagine. Never could imagine pray. Never could imagine love you. We want to see them in the church house. We want to see them in, in, in heaven. And maybe not in the church. We just want to see them in heaven. We don't see them in your glory. God, it's not just, it, it's, it's enough for all of us. God, we pray for this movie night, this movie outreach, Lord, that we reach kids and, and families in our community the way they've never been reached, Lord. We know a lot of people give out a lot of school supplies and a lot of things, God. It's not about the school supplies. It's not about the movie. It's about you. We just want to love on people. God, we pray you send the people. You send the people. You bring them here, Lord, that we don't, so many that we don't know what to do with. We pray that you send them. And Lord, that, that, that the movie night goes flawless. So we have great weather. God, we're praying over great weather for, for Friday evening. We're praying for everything to go well Lord we're praying for your word to be evident even even if there's never 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 a, a word or devotion spoken Lord that you're there we pray for that in Jesus name we pray amen hey guys we hope that you enjoyed today's service if God spoke to you in any way or you would like prayer you can comment below or connect with us on our website at c1.church if you have never accepted Jesus into your life we would love to do that all you need to do is believe that He is the Son of God, that He rose and died again, and ask Him to forgive your sins. If you have done that, please make sure to let us know. We would love to celebrate you, and if you are not in the area, get you connected to a church that would grow you in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you next week.